Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. Welcome in to another edition of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. I'm Tim McMaster, and we are in for a treat today as we are joined by legendary White Sox broadcaster Ken Hawk Harrelson. First of all, Hawk, thanks a lot for joining us. My pleasure, Timmy. All right, and we know how this works. We'll get some questions on Twitter. You can use that hashtag chatting cage or press that red button at the bottom of your screen. Get in line and you can ask your questions directly to Hawk. So we're going to start on Twitter. And first of all, Hawk, Slate1212 wants to know, who do you think will win the AL Central this year? <sighs> Kansas City. Uh, they, they have the best ball club in this division right now. They don't beat themselves. You know, you're going to win 60, you're going to lose 60. It's what you do with those 42. Well, unfortunately for us, we had such high expectations this year. We've wasted probably close to 30 of our 42. Kansas City's maybe wasted four or five. They've only lost two games this year when leading after the sixth inning. So right now they've got it going. They catch the baseball. They have some speed. They don't strike out. They have more broken bats than little – duck snorts out there than anybody in baseball but that's part of their arsenal more power to them yeah certainly a slow start for the white Sox this season they turned things on a little yeah. bit we're waiting for a fan here they're lined up to talk to you hawk and here's one right now fan if you can just tell us your name where you're from go ahead with your question for hawk harrelson hi hawk my name is sean and i'm from california and my question for you is where do you get the you can put on the board call from? <laughs> Hi, Sean. How you doing, buddy? Well, uh, all the stuff that I use is things that I did when I played. I said when I played. But you can put it on the board came from golf. I was playing in the tournament in Sutton, Mass. They gave me an exemption to play. And uh, I hadn't been playing that much at all. But I, I went out and shot 68 the first day. Got in the hunt, so to speak. And then the second day, I think uh, Ray Floyd and Lanny Watkins were at seven under. And I birdied like the fourth or fifth holes of par three. And back in those days, they didn't have electronic scoreboards. They were all manual. And they had this older gentleman sitting up there smoking a pipe, reading a book. He hadn't moved when I knocked in this 20-foot birdie putt. So as I'm walking off the green, I looked down and said, put it on the board. And that's how that came about. Uh, The yes came from my daughter's competitive diving. She was a very great, great diver and uh, when she'd go off the 10 meter board I was really tense and scared and when she would hit it I'd go yes and one day you know somebody hit a home run I said you can put it on the board yes and that's the way it came out. That's certainly become one of the most unique home run calls and I think all White Sox fans can definitely look forward to hearing it. We have another fan ready to go here. Go ahead uh, tell us where you're from what your name is and go ahead with your question for Hawk. Uh, my question for you is, what role do you play in the history of the batting glove? Well, that was the, – the batting glove was uh, a mistake, really, because I wasn't going to play. I was a kid in Kansas City. We were playing the Yankees, and they had a right-hander going named Jim Coates. So, you know, I, I wasn't going to play that day. So I go out and I play 27 holes. Ted Bowesfield and I used to play Gino Simoli and, and Sammy Esposito, uh, 25-all in Nassau. So since I wasn't going to play, and they weren't going to play that day, we played 27 holes. Now I get to the ballpark, and the Yankees are switched. They're going to pitch Whitey Ford. Well, I was taking batting practice and playing 27 holes. I had a little blister right here, but I remembered I had my golf glove in my pants upstairs. So when the game started, bottom of the first inning, I come to the plate, I got this flaming red golf glove on. 
and Whitey hung me a curveball. But when I was walking up to the plate with this glove on, the Yankees were all over me. I can't tell you the names they were calling me because nobody had worn a golf glove, and this one was flaming red. Well, Whitey hung me a curveball, and I hit it about 450 over that left center field fence. And I hit another one later on in the game. And the next day, Mickey had the clubhouse guy go out, and all the Yankees came out on the field with flaming red golf gloves, and that's how it got started. Yeah, and the rest is certainly history. I've heard a lot of different tales, but, but it seems like most people definitely give you the credit for the invention of the batting glove, Hawk. All right, we're going to go back to Twitter now. And Crystal Fire wants to know, what's your favorite road ballpark? Obviously, everyone connects you with Chicago, but you played in a lot of other parks. What's your favorite other park? Fenway, Fenway Park. That's that's a fun park to play in, you know. And yeah, you know, when you're playing baseball back in those days, in my time frame, you come to the ballpark sometime, you didn't get a whole bunch of sleep, and you didn't feel real good. So you walk out, and well, there's 38,000 people there with their arms wide open, saying "Hawk, Hawk," you know. And all of a sudden, boof, you feel a lot better. And that would be my favorite road ballpark. I love this ballpark that we have here. In fact, there's not one ballpark that I don't like. I love them all. These new ballparks are just fantastic. But, Timmy, have you got a question there from uh, uh, Josh Hall? Uh, yeah, let me get to that one here, Hawk. Uh, you mentioned the Red Sox and at Fenway, 1968, okay. of course, your one all-star season. Let's get to Josh Hall, 88. I think maybe you've been on Twitter, Hawk, and saw this one. But he says that A.J. wants to know if you really won a long drive contest from a helicopter, and I'm assuming he means A.J. Przinsky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's AJ. It's Dennis Amenis, not AJ Pierce. It's Dennis Amenis. <laughs> he and George Brett, the co-Dennis Amenises. Uh, they had a long drive contest when I was playing with Cleveland, so they flew me out to Conneaut, Ohio, in the helicopter. It's about a 25-minute ride, and they had all the local pros there from Ohio, and they had this long drive contest. And they had they were doing it on the first hole there at the Conneaut Country Club. And it was about a 340-yard hole. So they had all hit. So when I'm landing, they had the school band out there. You know, they had Hawk printed out in stones. And uh, I had my cowboy boots on. So we landed, and I got out. I didn't bring any clubs or anything. And a buddy of mine had his clubs there. And I was the last one to hit. So I said, let me see your driver. So I teed it up. I took a couple practice swings, really. And I hit it. And they had a guy down there who was measuring it with a microphone. And he's standing by the first green, and he goes, <laughs> I knocked it over the green and won the contest. I gave him the pitch sign, got back in the helicopter, and went to the ballpark. That's outstanding. These questions continue to go back to golf over and over again, Hawk. This is the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Lucky to be joined by Ken Hawk Harrelson, and we have another fan ready to go. Fan, if you can just go ahead and tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question of Hawk Harrelson. Hey, Hawk. Uh, my name is Sean Jankowski. Um, you're actually one of my idols. That I'm really honored to get a chance to talk with you. You got me into the passion for broadcasting. Um, my question is, going back to 2005, you guys celebrated that last weekend at the cell. What was the big uh, turning point or moment of the two regular season? Not the postseason, but the regular season. That's a good question, and I'll tell you, somebody asked me that the other day. Ozzie Guillen was the guy who turned that thing around. Because what a manager's job is, you gotta remember the biggest pressure in performance, the biggest killer performance is pressure. And it's the manager's job to find ways to take pressure off his players. And we had gone into a funk. We had a 15 and a half game lead over Cleveland. It went down to a game and a half. And we were in Kansas City, we lost a tough ball game. 
And after the game was over, Ozzy went into one of his rants. And to this day, Lou Pinella said it's one of the best moves he's ever seen made. John McLaren said the same thing because they knew what he was doing. But it got to the point, they, the media was going to our players say, well, why can't you drive in a run? Why can't you drive in a run? Well, after he went into this rant, they started going to Ozzy. They weren't going to the players. And it gave them a little relief there. And then we go into Cleveland a couple of weeks later and sweep them. So Ozzie Ginn was absolutely sensational, one of the best managing jobs I've ever seen in my 56 years in baseball. And then, of course, the White Sox go on to the World and Series, will, win the World Series. Go ahead, Hawk. Well, go go 11 and one. I mean, that's that's all 11. The only game we won, uh, lost was to Angels. We lost that 3-2. But Ozzie Ginn will manage again. He's just too good. Yeah, certainly that was a special season on the south side of Chicago, without a doubt, snapping that long drought in and winning that World Series. We have another fan here ready to go, Hawk. Well, go ahead and tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question for Hawk. Okay, my name's Alphonse. I'm from New York, and my question today for Hawk is, uh, first, I want to say I'm a big fan of your broadcasting, and another thing is, what was your favorite call to ever make? Mark Burley's perfect game. Mark Burley's my all-time favorite White Sox player. Uh, he's just a special person. I had one of my all-time great teammates was Catfish Hunter. And it's amazing, Alphonse, how they are bookends. One was right-handed, one was left-handed. They're about the same size. They had about the same kind of stuff. They couldn't hurt you if they hit you right here in the eye. Catfish is in Cooperstown, and Mark's got a chance to go to Cooperstown. And when he pitched that I get a little emotional in baseball games. I broadcast the same way I played. I was an emotional player. I'm an emotional broadcaster. I get upset when things go wrong, and I'm very, very happy when things go right. But when Mark, when Alexei threw him out at first base, I had tears in my eyes. And that's, that was my all-time favorite call with the White Sox. Hawk, you touched on it a little bit there, but we'll get more into it here as we go back to Twitter. TWTW Sports wants to know, does Mark Burley belong in the Hall of Fame? He's going to, yeah, he, I'll tell you why. He's done things that nobody's done in his time frame. You've got to go in your era because it's, you can't compare, you know, Christy Masterson, Waller Johnson, you know, to these Bob Gibsons, you know, and Don Drysdales and Sandy Koufaxes. Uh, it's just not fair because I'll tell you something about the game of baseball. The game of baseball today is harder than it's ever been. We were just talking about it. Uh, these guys are running pitchers out there today that have unbelievable stuff. And then they're playing six-inning games. And when you get to sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, they're running stuff out of the bullpen that we never saw. Because when I was playing in my time frame, they didn't have these specialists. They had maybe one, two guys out there who were relievers. The rest of them were starters who were going bad. When you get to the seventh inning today, you're facing probably a 96, 97-mile-an-hour fastball. When you get to the eighth inning, you're liable to see 97, 98, uh, 98 fastball. When you get some clubs to the ninth inning, you're facing 100-mile-an-hour fastball. We never had to do that. And these starters are going out there now. There used to be a term called pacing, pacing. There's no more pacing. These guys go out there starters, and they give it everything they got for five or six innings. And then if you got the lead, look at Kansas City. Two games they've lost after having the lead after six innings. Hawk, we're going to go back to Twitter now real quick, and Max Herdman wants to know, who's your favorite non-White Sox player to watch? There's so many. You know, you got your Bryce Harpers, you got your, you know, your Mike Trouts, you got these young kids coming in today that my all-time favorite player was George Brett. Uh, he played the game the way it was supposed to be played. Uh, he never dogged it. 
Uh, everything was a double or a triple until he saw it was not. And then, but today you're seeing guys that can do so much. You know, these young kids today can do so much. They're just fun to watch. As I said, the pitching is a lot better. But I guess if I had to, if I had to pick one player, uh, it would be Miguel Cabrera to watch him hit because he might be turn out to be, if he can be healthy, he might turn out to be as good a hitter as we've ever seen in our whole lives. And you've certainly gotten to see plenty of them there in the AL Central. That's going to do it, Hawk. We're out of time, but thank you so much for joining us in the chatting cage. All right, Timmy. Thank you, buddy. That's going to do it for another edition of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Tune in again next time.